Welcome to the Write Your Novel with David Allen Patali podcast, a place for real talk about what it takes to create a book. My name's David Allen Patali, and I'm going to give you a no-bullshit run-through of the tips, techniques, and insights that have shaped my writing practice and helped me create a novel I'm truly happy with. We write because it's hard, because we have to, because we need to, but you don't have to suffer needlessly for your art. With the right strategies, mindset, and community, you can get it done and enjoy the process. So let me take you on a ride where writing myths get exploded, excuses get torched, and the path gets lit just a bit brighter. Have you ever been stuck in your writing? I certainly know I have. And I think one of the worst times that ever struck me was uh, when I was in probably about the fourth or fifth draft of my book, Locust Summer, and I was really struggling with figuring out what the story was about. I knew who the characters were, I knew what the themes were, all those sorts of, all those sorts of questions had been answered through iterations and going through it all. So I knew the territory and I knew how to tell the story, but the thing that I just couldn't make happen was to bring all the different components together. I couldn't get to the book's soul. And that's a very tough situation to be in when you're writing something that is kind of character driven, that is thematically driven. If you don't know what quite what you want it to be about, it's almost an embarrassing problem because, uh, you know, you're the writer and you should be able to figure this stuff out. But luckily I got a fellowship at Varuna, the National Writers House over in the Blue Mountains in Sydney. And there I had two weeks to just basically walk uh, the bushwalk paths around near the Three Sisters and take my problems with me. And just think it through and think it through and think it through. And the wonderful thing that happened was I had some really great breakthroughs in thinking, all right, what what am I actually trying to say here? What is this book actually genuinely about? And where I thought the book itself was about uh, the relationship between a father and a son and between someone in the present and their memories, in fact, what it was was about the present, about somebody who had this bad relationship with their mother that needed to be resolved, that needed to be dealt with in the present moment, with the nostalgia and with the father in the background. So when I flipped the story on its head, everything unlocked for it. And that was a really, really interesting lesson in the sense that uh, you can get stuck in many ways in writing. You can get stuck in the middle of a sentence where you just don't know what else is going to happen next. You can get stuck because you feel doubt about yourself as a writer, or you're too critical about the work that you're doing. But you can also get stuck when you just get lost in the story. When you get stuck in a moment where things are too predictable or where things are not exactly clear, where you know what to do and you know how to do it, but you just don't find the way ahead compelling and you need to shift your perspective. So for me, that experience of getting stuck on multiple levels was actually very instructive. And it was a lesson that I took in, took with me into a book that I finished just recently, uh, the one I was talking about in last week's episode where I talked about how good it feels to finish your shit. Well, I think it feels good to be stuck sometimes because for that latest book, I took that lesson of being stuck for Locust Summer and I applied it to the next one where I did a lot more work in the beginning uh, on character, theme, plot, all those sorts of things to figure out what I was doing and what I really meant. And I did most of my early writing 
most of the early drafts I considered to just be experiments in figuring stuff out. Then when I focused and did maybe a later draft, a fourth or fifth draft, that's when I actually came to the page with a real understanding of what I was doing and I smashed through it. So I think my process is getting a little a little better each time. But the, the most amazing thing that I found um, was that I still got stuck in this story and I got stuck because I was bored. I got stuck because I was writing something that is supposedly true to, historic, to the historical record. But I find the historical record predictable because I know all the ins and outs and I was tired of trying to fit my fantastical story onto a factual record of what happened. So I thought, why not just change everything? Why am I so wedded to factual history? Why? This is a story that is supposedly happening in between the cracks of things. So I took that spirit of, well, I can do whatever I want. And it opened me up into a completely new way of writing about this historical period where I take charge and I do whatever I want. And it became a speculative book. So it's a thriller, it's a crime story, but it's also got elements of speculative fiction in it. And it was so freeing. I mean, I love uh, alternative histories. I love that kind of thing. So I felt free to do that. So though I'd learned one lesson from Locust in how to get stuck when you can't, when you don't figure out, do your homework, I suppose, before you come to the page, this second one that I'm writing taught me another lesson that sometimes it really just pays to look at what you're doing very differently and mess with it. Because why not? The world is open for play. Now, to help anyone out there who's struggling with finding time and space to write or doubting yourself or getting stuck in a particular moment with your writing, I've put together um, a downloadable booklet that you can have a look at and it will help you uh, to hopefully uh, work through some of those blocks because I think I think they're pretty normal. Um, so i just like to run you through a few of them now for the rest of this episode because I think they're, they're worth talking about um, because they're things that I've used in my own, uh, in my own practice and I think that it's a, a good thing to do. So I think, first of all, the first one that you'll come to when you download this, if you're stuck in the story, tip one, I think, is blow something up. Now, you, think, you can take this literally or metaphorically, but the point is that, unfortunately, sometimes in the stories we're writing, the events or the characters can become a bit predictable, like what happened to me in the present work in progress. And, and, and when that happens, you can get very discouraged with your story, particularly when, if it happens early on or even midway in the piece and, you, and you've invested a decent amount of time in writing this set, but you're bored with it. Well, what if you really change things up? What if something were to break? What if someone did something really stupid or out of character? What if there was a reversal of fortune? What if somebody said something that was really hurtful and that could not be taken back? Or... In contrast, something really truthful that, you know, spilled a secret. All of a sudden, the book takes on a completely new dimension. If your book is unpredictable to you, it will be unpredictable to the reader. And it will be probably more satisfactory. You know, if we are bored in what we're writing, chances are your reader will be bored. So I think you've got to raise the stakes for yourself as much as you do for your character. So take it as a gift. The other one um, I wanted to talk about as well was changing your perspective. So... Often when we sit down to write a story, we have a very clear idea of who the protagonist is or who at least the main characters are. And often, I would say, uh, they are the people that we're most comfortable in writing, the people who we can identify with the most, perhaps, or the people who we feel the most 
the safest writing, I suppose. Um, and that's fine. Uh, but the thing is, perhaps you're telling the story from the, that wrong, the wrong perspective, because how attached are you to this particular, particular protagonist? Are they the person who should be telling the story? Are they the person with the most agency? Are they the person with the most stakes? Are they the person who's, who has the best view of the action? Are they the person that's going to interest you the most? Because after all, um, sometimes we, we can write stories to teach ourselves things. So even just as a thought exercise, I just encourage you to consider the story from another perspective, maybe from the villain's perspective, maybe from the best friend's perspective, maybe from another side character's perspective, or maybe even change it up so that it's like an omniscient third-person narrator rather than a first-person story. Even just doing this as an exercise can help you unlock some meaning that you might be missing by keeping it with your original intended protagonist. Um, I think the test of a good story is that you can actually envisage it being told from multiple characters' point of view. Um, good, rounded, fleshed-out characters that feel real and, in fact, who are real, who can take up some space rent-free in your reader's head. So I think it might seem a little illegal at first, maybe to all of a sudden be telling a, a crime story from the bad guy's point of view or uh, a murder mystery from the murderer's point of view, but... Maybe this can help you. Maybe, maybe in your uh, in your drama about failed friendships, you know, taking somebody else's side might help you understand your initial protagonist's point of view and make them a lot more interesting and throw more shadow into them and a bit more grit into the machine. You don't have to switch perspective, but considering it and actually looking through somebody else's eyes in the story might unlock a lot of things for you. And finally, I think if you're getting stuck in a story consider cutting it, like in half. You know, um, common writing advice is really is to start the story as close to the end as possible, which is, a, which is a very nice consideration to have when you're maybe two drafts in and you actually know what the story is and where the interesting part is. But it, if you are sort of telling yourself the story and the world you're creating keeps on expanding and expanding and expanding, you might start to feel as though, because every story has a natural shape to it or an arc to it, maybe you're like 80,000 words in and you're thinking, well, I should start technically, I need to start wrapping things up. But because of what you're doing and because of what you're exploring, you actually just feel like you're just getting started. Maybe what you've done is write 60,000 words of backstory. So it sounds drastic, but cut it and start from that, that later point the work that you've done on the 60 that you get rid of is not wasted. It might feel like it at the time. And believe me, I've done it a few times myself. But um, cutting stuff never fails because you can, you can cannibalize that. And at the same time, you also know all of that. Everything that you, you cut, you know intrinsically. So when you come to write later on, you will do so from a, a much more powerful position. So if you find yourself kind of feeling hemmed in by what you're writing, that you want to keep going but you've already written so much, it might be that you've written yourself into the story, that you've you've actually just warmed yourself up. I think half the battle when you're a writer is to accept that you're just going to have to write a lot of words and maybe most of them will end up on the cutting, cutting room floor, but that's okay because it's all, all about knowledge. So if you do, if you do find yourself doing that, consider cutting. And you, you might be surprised at how good that feels, kind of like cracking your back. <laughs> 
Now, th- th- that's those are really story considerations, but I, th- I think there are other ways that we can find ourselves getting stuck in writing. So, if you're fi- struggling to find the time and the space to write, this is this is an amazingly restrictive thing that can happen. You know, um, we intend to write, but then things get in the way. Uh, that's very understandable. But if you let it keep happening, if you keep letting it happen, you're not going to get any writing done. So the main thing I'd advise for that is if you're struggling to find time and space to write in your home, go away. Seriously, go away. Go find somebody else. Go, go, uh, not somebody else. Go, go find somewhere else. A hotel room for the weekend, a writing retreat, a day off from work where you, you just go to the library and do your words. Get away from the pressures of everyday life and focus on your craft, even if it's just for two hours. You know, I have a writing room in my house and I really enjoy using it, but sometimes I like to just get out just purely for the new perspective on things. And I was talking to someone a bit earlier about, you know, what is the value of a writing retreat? You know, why why can't we just give writers, you know, writers apply and they get money and they go off on writers retreats? Why can't you just do that at home? Well, there's something about being in an inspiring space. There's something that gives you permission to do your words, to do your work and to be who you want to be. You actually get to inhabit that role for a while. It's a very valuable thing to do. So back yourself and and go and do that. I also think you need to get up early. I'm not a morning person. I I really don't like getting up out of bed, particularly in the cold and wet months. But, you know, getting up at 4.30, 5.30, it's very difficult to do. But ultimately, it's very rewarding. But it sucks at the time. But the main thing that I... It's just that glow that glow of having done your words before anyone else gets up and that the rest of the day can chuck what it wants at you and you've already done your words. It's a great feeling. And let's face it, you know, we're adults. We're going to be tired. It doesn't matter if I sleep until 7. It doesn't matter if I sleep until 5.30. I'm tired. (laughs) It doesn't really matter. I'd rather be tired and have done my words and have that glow inside of me as I tackle everything else than not. So in, in times when... I'm struggling to find the length of time that I need to focus on my work. You know, it's it's a very grown-up thing to say, but go to bed early and get up later. Get get up earlier. Um, that's just what you have to do. Get it done. Um, the other thing as well I would say is, you know, create a space for yourself. Uh, I know a lot of writers who have never claimed a, a place within their, their home to write, a desk, a cupboard, anything. But once they do that, it actually feels really real. It's like planting a flag or... Or you know, X marks the spot. You're, you're actually saying, no, this is my area to do things. I've claimed the spare room, but you know, whenever we have a guest, I get booted out. And um, I know a writer who has their desk set up in the hallway um, of of the house. You know, just just somewhere that's kind of in the centre of the home, but where they can do their work. Having your own space is really really key, uh, and I think it helps you to feel as though you're a writer. And that probably brings me to the ultimate stuff. It's all about heart and soul, really, isn't it? You know, we feel doubt and fear about why we're writing. Am I good enough? Is what I'm writing, you know, shit? Is my story um, ever going to sell? Is this, Is this? you know, you can be just assailed with a billion doubts, especially if you go on social media and, and play the comparison game and hold yourself a pity party, all those kinds of things. Um, get away from that stuff because it's it's a road to nowhere. The cure is to sit down on in your sit down or stand up, whatever you're doing, and just do the work. And the, one of the main things that I always really like to do. This is why I'm a big fan of notebooks. You know, it sounds very corporate, but write a mission statement. 
if you really why writing why writing this story what do you hope for what do you dream about what do you really want to say and do and if you write this down even if it you know it doesn't have to be neat or tidy or anything it gives you clarity of thinking and it can reiterate your sense of purpose often we hold these things inside of us but when you write it down and you actually see it it's pretty empowering it's pretty cool it's a reminder to yourself of the true feelings that you have for writing beyond all those fears and you can use that to kind of transcend them I also think um, developing a starting routine is a really good thing um, you know we might feel a bit of fear and doubt when we go to our nine-to-five jobs to our workplaces when you have a big presentation to make when you you're meeting a new boss or you're onboarding a new employee or you're being asked to do something that's kind of outside of your comfort zone you can feel a bit of trepidation but once you get into but every time we enter our workplace there's usually a bit of a routine to it isn't there you know you open the door you put your bag down you say good morning to certain people you go and have a cup of tea you log on basically every day kind of starts the same even though you can feel nervous about what you have to do well what about if you had a starting routine very in a very similar way to your regular job so I have a couple of starting routines that I do when I'm feeling this this sort of way and one of them is some um, I, I call it a mnemonic you know where you I just shut my eyes and I picture a certain thing. I won't tell you what it is because it's personal to me, but I, I picture a certain thing and I let go of any doubts or fears and I just step through that image, open my eyes and I start working. So for me, that's my starting routine. Cup of tea is always a good way to go too, maybe a coffee, something like that. But having that routine just normalizes what you're doing and it allows you a handhold that you can then push off from. Um, that's probably the best way I can put it. And finally, I think, you know, keep a journal. Thoughts unexpressed go stale very quickly. So, you know, writing is a cathartic act and often writers are reluctant to take their own medicine. You know, we're, we're great at um, showing a rite of passage story for a character, but uh, when it comes to our own rite of passages, we often, we can neglect that. So um, I got this tip from my wife who's uh, calm and she's kept a journal for a long time. You know, she's always very calm because she expresses her feelings and, you know, <laughs> I get really head up because I don't. And having that journal just to write down doesn't, you know, no one's going to read it, hopefully. Burn after reading, right? But um, just expressing your thoughts in a journal, even just scat a scattering of lines, um, it allows you to express what you're feeling. It allows you to just get it out of your, of your mind and let go of it. And that creates space for more things more creative things to to come your way I think so look um all of these thoughts are very neatly organized into a, uh, a downloadable uh, document that you can you can have in the show notes it's just just something that I'd like you to have um, I really appreciate you listening to my podcast and listening to my thoughts on writing because um, I don't know a lot of the time it, it allows me to, to speak through the things that, that are that are on my mind and in my heart and things that I'm going through so uh, I hope it's instructive I hope it helps because you know we need to shine affirming lights to each other as creatives and I th because I think in the end that's that's really all that counts well, happy writing to you and I hope I uh, download those download the uh, the documented in the show notes and I hope you enjoy thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of Write Your Novel with David Allen Patali. If you loved what you heard, hit the subscribe button. You can follow me on socials at David Allen Patali. Don't forget, this podcast is about writing your novel. So make sure you drop any of your questions into the link in the show notes, and I'll make sure I answer it on the show. Until next time, happy writing.